Inside Chicago Government. ShyGov.com. Welcome to another in a series of interviews with Ben Jarofsky. I'm Dave Gloet. Ben writes on government and politics for the Chicago Reader. He's yes, he here does. with me. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you, sir. We're speaking soon after the November election. Yeah. And one of the results of the election is that our city government is scrambling to cut a transit funding deal with yeah. the feds before Inauguration Day. Yeah. The reason they're scrambling is because of the presumptive winner being... Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk about two aspects of this particular issue. One is the funding that the city is trying to get and the project for which they're trying to get the funding. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the funding first. On August 16th, the state legislature passed a new law that lets municipalities create special transportation tax increment financing districts. And these districts will differ or do differ from conventional ones in three ways. One is they must be within half mile of existing transit infrastructure. So I'm guessing that's mostly rail. I don't know if that applies to bus stops. No, as it's rail, rail, I believe, yeah. Okay, because that, that would be practically... Yeah, no, I mean, just, well, the whole city would be a tip, which is <laughs> not a bad idea in some levels. But anyway, go on. <laughs> the amount that can be skimmed off of the tax increment financing districts from taxing bodies is limited. This law says that education districts can keep their entire mm -hmm. share of the property taxes, no matter how much the property taxes increase once the increment is implemented. And the other taxing bodies who are in that district get 20% mm -hmm. of the increment. They just divvy it up at 20%, yeah. So if you do the math, it ends up being around a quarter of the increment will go to whatever project is being funded. And this law says it must be related to transit. It's a new baby TIF. I think it was you who said it was a compromise. As TIFs go, this is the least damaging, particularly to the schools. That's why I think it's accurate to say it's sort of a compromise. This is typical of anything related to TIF in that there's no oversight, there's no analysis, there's no public discourse. The program is so shrouded in secrecy or so misrepresented it's hard to be as outraged about this TIF program as the general TIF program because, in this case, it doesn't damage the schools, number one. And number two, it's putting to a very practical result, which is to fix up the infrastructure of our transit system, particularly the red line. The project that you're talking about is a part of a larger project, which CTA is calling the Red-Purple Modernization Project much like the CTA reconstructed the entire south branch of the red line, they have a plan to do a renovation of the entire north branch yeah. of the red line, but they're doing it in phases. So phase one, what they call RPM, red-purple modernization phase one, has several components. One is to install this bypass, which will allow brown line trains, instead of merging directly into red and purple tracks now, to do a uh, overhead, the so-called flyover mm -hmm. bypass so it can merge more efficiently onto those other tracks. Another component is to rebuild four L stations and rebuild all of the track infrastructure between Leland Avenue and Ardmore Avenue. So that's phase one. 
So obviously you still feel that the bypass is unneeded. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't put it at the top list of priorities, that's for sure. Whereas the CT argues that ridership is increasing on the red, purple, and brown lines. And if they don't put in the bypass, they won't have the capacity to accommodate the ridership that continues yeah. to increase. I don't buy their argument. Mayor Rahm came out and said some outrageous number of seconds or minutes that would be saved because of the delays that now exist. I went out there and timed it, and the actual delay was far less. Let's talk about how much money is involved here. The CTA says that it expects RPM Phase 1 to cost $2.1 billion. Does that include the flyover? Yeah. Essentially, half the project cost will be a grant. Just straight up, you know, yeah. a gift from the feds, but the feds are requiring a local match, yeah. about two-fifths of which will be covered by CTA capital funds, but they're going to take out a loan for the mm -hmm. rest of the match, and then they're going to use the TIF to pay off the loan. I guess from a TIF aspect, you have to analyze as to whether there will be an increment to pay back that loan if you don't include the schools. You have to see the map of the property that's included in the TIF district. Which I just happen to have right here. So the map, as you can see, listeners, goes from Devon on the north to Division on the south, and on the east, roughly from what it looks like Broadway to Southport. So that takes in quite a bit of land, some valuable land, that's prime north side property, and you can see why they wouldn't want to put the schools in this mix, because that would deprive the schools of a lot of money. Uh, and force everybody's taxes up to compensate. It's going to take money from the park district. It's going to take money from the county. It's going to take money from... Um, libraries. The libraries, yeah. So it's not as though it's free. Let's, let's not kid ourselves. So we will be raising taxes, of course, to compensate for the money that's not going to these entities. Additionally, you have to ask yourself, will it raise enough money to pay off the loan? Well, there happens to be a document called the RPM Phase 1 redevelopment plan. Mm -hmm. It'll accumulate about $17.6 billion in equalized assessed valuation, or what's called EAV. $17.6 billion. billion. Yeah. To get the amount of tax revenue for that EAV, if we multiply by the county's current tax rate, which is just under 7%, we get about $1.2 billion. As we said before, the Board of Ed keeps its share, which is a little, what, like 54%. The nine other taxing bodies get their 20%. So my estimate of the final TIF revenue for transit is similar to the CTA's. That's $625 million, which the CTA needs to back the federal loan that it hopes to get. Which you've described as the perfect recipe for a slush fund, which is what TIFs primarily are used as. But they can use it only for transit projects. Yeah. Well, that's at the moment. Let's see the amended law after that. I tend to be very skeptical about TIF laws. Look, it costs money to do these things. This is a way to finance a project that, for the most part, except for that flyover, looks like it's worthwhile and we need it. But I'm very doubtful about all these details that you're talking about. When you put it in the context of Trump's victory, I'm just shaking my head that Mayor Rahm's rushing forward to secure the federal funding that he needs to get the baby going. We'll leave it there. Ben, thanks for joining me today. Thank you, Senator. Listeners, we'd like your help with a survey that we're doing. If you currently pay for any podcasts that you listen to, we'd like to know about it. You can tell us which podcasts those are in a number of ways. One is you could email us via contact at shygov.com. You can tweet us at C-H-I-G-O-V-T or leave a comment on our Facebook page, 
InsideGov. That's G-O-V. I'm Dave Glowetz. Thanks for listening.